content may not be appropriate for all audiences. Listener's discretion is advised. WTF are you talking about? The podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker. And we are here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So how this is going to work is we've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the role of a die. So how does that work? So the categories, we've got true crime, paranormal, history and education, science, entertainment, and current events. So we've got an eight-sided die that we will roll. Uh, if you roll a one, then you will roll a six-sided die for those same categories, but it has to be local. So any state bordering Idaho and or Idaho. Uh, uh-huh. Also, if you roll an eight, then you get to pick. It's, that's the wild. You get to pick from those six categories. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Man, you've been really good at getting those, too. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got <laughs> two wilds. Yeah! I don't think anyone's had a natural one, though. No, no one's gotten a one yet. So... <laughs> Oh, if, if you crit fail your category role, you have to talk about something local. <laughs> you have to talk about where you live. Uh, triangulate your location. Uh, that was a word. Triangulate. I can't. I can't. Triangulate? Is that like what a fisherman does? Like he's trying to like fish with like, three fishing balls? <laughs> that was stupid. That was so dumb. <laughs> Quite on the crazy train. I especially. I might be uh, your conductor for this <laughs> evening. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, oh. Well, everything's better when we're slightly unhinged, right? Mm. All right, so well, let's crack into it. Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I'm so glad you asked because this week I had one of two things planned, and I'm not even kidding. About two hours ago, after we finished our Starfinder session, I was like, Nope, let's scrap that. <laughs> let's do a totally, totally different, different thing. And you may have walked in on me looking at it, because it's something I've been looking at for... The way you say that sounds really weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I'll leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, but I... um, Yeah, this week, because I got entertainment mm-hmm. last week, I'm going to be talking about uh, something that's not, a, not as controversial as a lot of other things happening in current events. But it has to do with a uh, docu-series I know you've heard about me watching, which has to do with oh, uh-huh. uh, Shane Dawson and Jake Paul. Now, don't run away. Stay around. It's, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but the reason why I talk about this is because it, it intrigues me for a number of reasons. So for those of you that don't know either of those two people or anything about the docu-series happening, um, Shane Dawson, he's a YouTuber. He's been with youtube like gosh since the beginning he's been there for i think like eight years now or something like that um but he does a lot of uh like dialogue with like other people and talking about like current things are happening uh he wanted to do a series about sociopaths right now i'm assuming everyone probably knows what a sociopath is but i'm sure we'll cover it at some point 
We sure will, because oh <laughs> I God. actually double checked it, and it isn't. <laughs> I have a, the DSM five for a totally different reason. Um, but I thought I'd look up some of the criteria as to like what it means, mm-hmm. and for again, like I am eating? not a clinical psychologist or a therapist or anything. I don't have any right to diagnose people. This is literally just the but facts. But you can read. I sure can. <laughs> so um, the criteria for a sociopath simply has to do with some of the following. Either they fail to conform to social norms or respect lawful behaviors. They uh, are deceitful. They lie, use aliases. They're impulsive, uh, irritable and aggressive, reckless disregard for themselves and for others, and a lack of remorse of what they've done. So it's like you can do something shitty to someone and if you feel bad, okay, you may not be a sociopath. Or you could do something horrible to someone and be like, well, fuck them. Like, it does nothing to me. You may not be a sociopath either. You could just be an asshole. A little concerning, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's a little bit about, like, the basic of, like, the list of what makes a sociopath. So the reason why this caught my interest is, one, I, I used to watch a lot of Shane Dawson when I was, when I was younger, and I was watching some Philip DeFranco, and I heard that he had a docuseries going on. I was like, okay, this catches my interest. And it caught my interest, with, especially with Jake Paul, because I was like, that's interesting. Especially considering that his brother has been underneath a shit ton of controversy. Right? With like, Because his brother's the one that went into that forest and filmed the guy that committed suicide in Japan. Oh. That's his brother. Right? Okay. And so it, that was a massive issue. And I hope, I hope you didn't miss that, because you'd have to be completely under a rock to miss it because that was that was even on like good morning america and like on a whole bunch of news networks and they had people interviewing them and yeah, that was bonkers so i kind of um when uh shane dawson had was tweeting out about wanting to do a series and i don't know necessarily a message about it i couldn't find the tweet itself but apparently him and jake got talking about doing a series together and he said he was down and in the video he even has like text messages and he showcases a voicemail that he has with jake about like being down and he's like and he even told him to because there's a lot of backlash like a lot of people that support shane told him to not do it because their idea- thoughts were you're giving this guy a platform who already has not only a huge platform a huge following gets a lot of money out of it but he's like their thoughts were like he's manipulating you to get more views like to get more money like he's using you um, they don't want a redemption story for someone that they believe is truly irredeemable. Um, and other things they just said they won't, wa- won't watch it because they feel like it's just like pandering to people that shouldn't have views. It's like, you know how you can, people say you can vote with your dollar. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like you, you, if you don't like companies, don't spend money on them. Well, this is kind of the same thing where it's like, if you don't want to support those people, don't, don't watch, watch videos it. incorporating them because you don't want You're supporting them for every view that you do because mm-hmm. it's advertisement, all that stuff. Yeah. Jake, or uh, Shane, was really nervous about it, but he decided to double down because he's like, this is great because I can talk about someone who's considered to be a sociopath by society and also talk about sociopaths. Because he's like, Jake may or may not be a sociopath, but regardless, we can talk about what makes a sociopath and maybe like what the differences are between him and, in his eyes, this hopefully can be a redemption, like an actual redemption moment for him not a redemption story but maybe jake might change because give you some background on jake he was a youtuber along with his brother they started a channel uh from what i saw in a video off of inspiration of smosh funny enough 
So um, I think they called it like Zwoosh or something like that, like, <laughs> like pretty on the nose. Um, but yeah, so they started this series and uh, eventually they started taking off because they were doing lots of vlogging and Vine. Vine is where they both blew up massively, right? Those six second videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what happened to them. I'm pretty sure didn't they get bought out and then shut down by something Instagram? Like uh, I think. Was or, it Instagram? I don't know. Okay. But, um... They just kind of disappeared. Right. <laughs> don't know anything about that. But, um... Yeah, then he got, they got on YouTube and they just exploded. Like, they're one of the top channels in terms of YouTube. And this is interesting to talk about for a number of reasons because his brother, Logan, has nothing really happened massively to him. When I say massively, I mean in terms of the context of what he gains from being on YouTube and what they did to tell him to stop doing his stuff. To my knowledge, all that happened with like Logan Paul when he did this whole thing was when he filmed uh, the guy that committed suicide in the forest, um, they took away his uh, like premium Google advertising, which means that like he no longer had like sponsors like mm-hmm. showcasing videos on channels, so he lost advertisement. He lost like monetization on some stuff. But currently, to my knowledge... He's still doing all this stuff, so his the money that he lost, I'm, I'm sure it was significant in our eyes, but to him, it seems like it didn't slow mm-hmm. him down at all. He did back away for a while and disappeared off the face of the map and then came back with, like, videos about, like, raising money for charity for suicide prevention and stuff, like, trying to go the other way. I mean, it's smart in terms of a marketing aspect. Like, you kind of have to do that after being such a dick bag. Um, but his brother, his brother isn't, nearly so hated as uh logan so with jake here jake is a youtuber that has a group that he started called team 10 and in shane dawson's video where he covers it team 10 is basically his business and like all of his uh, family if you will right it's kind of like with my work how like everyone there is like super close and but we also do our job they were kind of the same thing so when you have Team 10 uh, doing all their stuff, it started off early on just being like lighthearted pranks and like some videos. And they got like pretty hardcore where like eventually they just starts they started up fires. They would um, do some crazy stuff indoors where like they would either like uh, chop down people's like beds or break down the houses and um, or make people think that they were dying. Like there's one video where they. I forget what the challenge is called, but it's supposed to be like you take someone that's sleeping, you layer a whole bunch of blankets on top of them, and then you start playing a siren after you pin down the blankets, and then you start just yelling, like, everything's going to be okay, you're going to be fine stuff, and it feels like you're suffocating, like you've been buried, right? And That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. And so, so when Shane's covering this, he's trying to look into all of the aspects of the video. So the first video which um, that he investigates is he wants to know about these superficial details. Like, what does he see in terms of the news, in the videos? What is the public eye on him? And a lot of people think that he's just a complete fucking scumbag because you have... He he was terrorizing the neighborhood in a sense where, like, there was so many people around the house and they just do parties where neighbors couldn't sleep and they're getting frustrated. Eventually, it led to him getting fired off of Disney because he, he was a part of a Disney Channel show i don't know the name of the show but he he got fired from it um and later on you find out that that was one of his that was one of his happiest moments um he did a draw your life video 
And he just you know, he talked about recently how he finally got a part in Disney and how he was just so happy and felt so lucky because he's like he's like this is amazing like he never would have thought about that and uh, yeah and then shortly afterward he lost his job so Shane's covering all this he's talking with some other YouTubers about what is happening currently and why do you like or dislike him or should I bother giving this guy a platform. And pretty much everyone said that they're curious, but they're not sure if they want him to have a platform because they honestly believe that he doesn't give a shit. Because in all his videos, he's laughing, he's doing pranks against people. A lot of them are... Uh, I don't want to say they're along the lines of, like, Keemstar or Ricegum, who are... If you don't know who they are, they, they do pranks, but normally it's, like, physical stuff towards other people. Or it's, uh, <laughs> like, mentally demoralizing. So it's not necessarily... I feel like I've seen some of that stuff on Facebook. And you may have. Like, it gets passed around a lot. And yeah, no and so, you. like, there was one, I think, that Keemstar did where, like, he did a prank about having a bomb. Not a yeah. prank, right? No. So, but, but and, and I'm not saying that Jink does stuff along that category, but he does do a lot of reckless stuff where, like, he'll light giant fires using, I think, acetone, which just, just, just freaking just explodes, like, all over them, like, in the pool. Um... He'll do other stuff where he'll lock people out. Uh, one of his exes, I guess he dragged her down the stairs. Supposedly, I've not seen that video because there's too much content to dig into to find mm -hmm. stuff about that. Um, but Shane, so he listens to all the people. They all say, don't do it. He's like, okay, I'm going to do some. I mean, he still wants to see him on a platform, but or at least talk to him. And so then he talks with a therapist. And the therapist's name is... Katie Morton. Now she's a uh, a clinical psychologist, and he goes to talk to her because I guess that Shane has known her previously. He goes to talk with her, and without saying anything about Jake, he's asking her questions specifically about sociopaths. So he's trying to ask like quick key questions without hitting it on the nose, so that he can see if like an, an unbiased way he can get an answer and then state what he's trying to talk about. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of similarities in terms of the videos based on that. And this was where, this is where I become a little bit torn. Because he, he'll ask questions like, if people break the law consistently, and like he's talking about specifically with YouTubers, if they break the law for views, right, and they know that this is wrong, but they're doing it and like they're laughing about it because they know that they're going to get money, is that getting to be a sociopath? Because, I mean, there are lots of videos where Jake will just, he'll vehemently just break the law, record it, and then the amount of views he gets easily overrides the, the like, penalty mm -hmm. of breaking the law, in a sense. So, he asks a lot of those questions. He asks if there are, like, anyone that she knows of that are currently sociopaths. And, of course, with what she says, she, she says a lot of things that could indicate it, but she says, I can't. I cannot diagnose anyone without being mm -hmm. personally there because it could be a face. Uh, there could be some other body language I'm missing. There could be people around him that might be egging him on, you know, so it, there could be a lot of different things and it could be um, like with, I guess, sociopaths, it could be narcissism because like in like her video, what she says is she says sociopaths, they lack remorse, but they do um, everything that they can to kind of move up in the world. Whereas narcissists, according to what I remember hearing from the video, 
they have they have a heart and they do feel bad for people but they choose to keep pushing the envelope so um yeah and so he asks all that and then eventually he asks her it you know i'm doing a video with with jake do, do you think that jake is a sociopath and she says there are a lot of things that could be a cause for concern or that might make her think that he is. But uh, she basically says that unless I'm there with him, there is no way where I could possibly say that. Right. Mm -hmm. And another thing, too, is like trying to be because uh, you especially if you're a clinical psychologist, you have to be professional. You can't just be because the worst thing is like with Shane and a lot of this, too. People feel like that are that like Jake, they feel like they're trying to explicitly paint him as a sociopath. And so, with that, that sounds. <laughs> um, so with that, and he got a lot of he got a lot of hate for that too. Mm -hmm. Is there like there was two sides? So one is like it feels like you're painting this kind of in a horror story because they did have a lot of music in the background that was like serious and kind of uh, foreboding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of other people too. They feel like he's trying to build it up to where they paint a bad he paints a bad picture, and then shows that he's absolutely not. And so he comes out and he explains, nope, I'm just trying to gather all the data. I'm telling you what I'm seeing and the questions I'm asking. Um, and you won't find out until the end of the video kind or at the end of the series. It's supposed to be an eight video series. I thought it was actually gonna be a five, but it's eight. Kind of where everything ends or how everything ends. So after the psychologist, he then starts to investigate the family. He hasn't actually physically met the family. He normally would, but they have a whole bunch of videos because both his mom and his dad blog so his dad is greg paul and his mom is pamela ann stepnik and both their videos are quite different and what you kind of gather from the home life is greg is of course he's the dad but he acts more like a coach according to shane dawson's videos he sees a lot of videos and like a lot of people say like you need to be savage and you always have to be better than everyone else and everything he does like uh supposedly they uh jake used to do football he would have them watch videos of what they did wrong and then rewind it and see everything else they, they kept doing wrong so some people might say like for me depending on the person i'd say no they're just trying to help out their kids but supposedly this is with everything in life that he does he'll constantly have them look at all stuff they're doing wrong and try coaching to be better which i'm torn on thinking that that's necessarily bad depending on how you do it because how how shane is currently portraying it to my eyes is that this consistent coaching or um what's the word i'm looking for uh it's like uh getting someone like prepared kind of thing do i mean like preparation uh, no it's it's kind of like coaching or guiding Thing where like you're you're basically getting someone to fill a position. Do you know what I'm talking about? Grooming. Grooming. Thank you. Like this kind of consistent <clears throat> grooming of you have to be better. You have to be better than everyone else. You have to keep pushing. Always be better because there's always someone better than you, and you have to be better than them. Led to this very competitive drive where eventually like Jake and um, Logan got like kind of. They got really fired up against each other mm. to the point because it's like only one of us can be the best, so to speak. So that constant competitiveness almost it, it really <laughs> drove a solid like wedge, at least mm -hmm. from the public's <laughs> eyes, 
from them. Now, who can say they might be really close personally, and maybe just anything on video, they just are a little bit more uh, of their persona. But, so the dad, he kept trying to push himself into, like, his son's lives and stuff. He had his own videos where he'd do all these workout videos, and he was like, you gotta be savage, be sa you know? And so he has all of his, uh, his uh, groupies. But where things really start to kick up into... Uh, some serious stuff is when we get to a video titled uh, The Enemies of Jake Paul. And with that, you have several players. You have Alyssa Violet, who is Jake's ex. And she was one of the Team 10, Team 10 members originally. And she ended up leaving. And supposedly the reason why she left and why several other people left is there was abuse and that he was being uh, like mentally abusive and physically abusive, and the pranks were severe, and that they didn't know what they were getting into, that he was taking their money because he'd take 25% of their earnings. Um, Jesus. And he would find them if they were late or if they had alcohol on the property or anything like that. And you hear from Alyssa that she got drugged down the stairs and she got kicked out. When she said that she was, wasn't sure if she wanted to do this anymore, he basically just, like, he's like, get, get the fuck out. If that's the case, just go right now. Um, so she paints a story of, like, being uh, a victim. And she very well could be. Not going to say she's not. But then you find out, also later on, she gets with his brother. And I'm like, well, that, that, can, that can fuck with some people, right? If, if, if I was dating someone... And then my brother ended up dating that same person. That'd be a little weird, right? Like, am, am I am I wrong in thinking that? Wouldn't no, that be... but we don't... What was the time frame? The time frame... Uh... Like, these could not be... These could be unrelated. They could be unrelated. They could be. The, the problem is, is that, like, his brother, Logan, was posting videos about stuff and, like, having sex with uh, his ex. And... Just constantly being like, I'm better than you. And he's like, now you're now your girlfriend. And one of his music videos, he says, mm -hmm. basically, now you now your ex-girlfriend's on team Logan or whatever. And he's like, he points down to his crotch or something like that. But that could all just be for show. Mm -hmm. And they could both be in on it. I do think that's a little twisted, personally. Yeah, they sound like shitty people. They do. Um, CJ most definitely stole a golf ball. He's he taking it into the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go golf with John. Um, He's playing soccer. But the one that became really interesting to me was when he, Jake talks with Nick, or not Jake, when Shane talks with Nick Crompton, which is one of Jake's old friends, his COO of Team 10, but he's no longer with Team 10 anymore. He left. And what you gather is the reason why he left was, first off, all of Jake's videos, completely fake. It's all a persona. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I would kind of assume. Like, it seems like he's a dickbag, but I'm like, it's kind of hard to really get forward in life or talk with, like, business owners because he had investors, like, like give him money so he could get everything started. Mm -hmm. You can't do that and be a complete asshole. Yeah. No one's going to back that. I mean, you can if you're really manipulative. Sure. You could if you're very manipulative. But... Like Nick and they're they're at uh like they they didn't end well with mm -hmm. them, and Nick said he'd only talk if Jake said it was cool, and Shane has a text where it shows like Jake says that he's totally cool, and it's like okay I'm not gonna talk shit I'm just gonna tell you the facts and then you can just confirm it with him, 
And so he tells him about how everything was staged, the people being upset, uh, Alyssa leaving. He's like, yeah, of course we took 25% of everyone's wages. It went back into the company. So, cause they're getting a massive amount of dollars. So mm-hmm. all it was, was for you being on this and all the notoriety and getting all this money, that money was basically being reinvested into the business. So that way you guys could keep growing to make more money. That's how that was put into in terms of the contract. Right. So for me, cause I thought, I thought that was a dick move if you're taking 25% of their assets, but that's in the contract and it has to do with keeping the company going in a sense. Cause if you think about it, all the way that's coming in is all underneath either the Team 10 YouTube channel, or they could all have separate YouTube channels, but they could all be getting money based off of the publicity from Team 10 because Jake mm-hmm. has such a massive following. So I'm like, okay, that seems, that makes a little bit more sense. I can kind of understand that. And they knew that with the contract. You also have another uh, group of people that left, the, uh, called the Martinez Twins, who joined Team 10 and was with Jake. And supposedly everything was all cool. And then they left and they said that he was abusive and all this other stuff. And Nick said, that's outright lies. Mm-hmm. He's like, Jake was not being abusive to them at all. In fact, every time we did a prank, we confirmed, are you cool with this prank? Here's what we're going to do. Here's the play by play. Here's how we need to act. Right. And he's like, they all knew about the pranks. And so when then he, <clears throat> when they try to paint themselves as the victims, it's because they didn't want to be a part of team 10 anymore. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get off on their own. And by playing themselves as the victim, they knew they'd get a lot of sympathy mm-hmm. and that would make them look bad. And he's, he said that they, they had, the biggest issue was, do we come out and say that this is lying? Right. And like, how do we, how can we confirm that? He's like, he, they knew that they would have to say that all this stuff is fake. And in their eyes are like, is it better to take the, like, like the damage socially in terms of being assholes or would it be better to say everything's fake, possibly losing a huge chunk of our fan base, thinking that we're being real? And they decided to just stick with the latter mm-hmm. because they're like, are the people like us because of these things? We're not going to lose people because of these guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to have sympathy from outside people. But in terms of the business, this is a smarter play. And. Oh, <laughs> thanks, John. Um, you just headbutted so with- the door. <laughs> And so with that, what I found was interesting is if you have an an ex-friend, normally stuff just ended very harshly. And according to Nick, Nick said he wasn't sure if he wanted to be part of the team anymore because Jake's dad got involved and he pushed himself into there Mm -hmm. and he wasn't like where it was going. And every, every so often when Jake's dad tried to came in um, or come in, they were like, no, you're fucking everything up. Like, you have to go because he would try to get his son to do certain things or act different ways. And they, they didn't like that. And eventually he said one time that he came in trying to get back in with his son. And he stuck around and he started he started telling Jake what to do. And Jake started listening to what his dad was saying. And this and he was still doing the pranks already way before this. Um, but now it's like for me, I'm like, that's a little interesting, too, because you have a father figure who's constantly coaching and like trying to be a savage and you always have to be better and like keep moving up and up. And he's in a sense, forcibly reasserting himself into his son's life, not in a personal matter, in a public, in a business matter. Right. And he's trying to get into his son's company. And I can't help but think that. If that's the case and what Nick says is true, that that's 
that's gonna be not only manipulative, but I wonder if that's doing something to Jake on a personal level. Because I, I, I personally, I believe people can be redeemed. I believe people can change that they, in a sense, hopefully can change. So if you're a dickbag, yeah, you're a dickbag, but you don't have to remain a dickbag. So with that being said, the other reason why I was really interested to talk about this is I actually wanted to pose a question to you. Because we have a series like this, a docu-series with someone who's, they have a lot of experience with YouTube and making videos. But a lot of the times when he's phrasing questions or asking stuff, it's not nearly as thorough or specific to where when he starts asking questions or is asking is Jake a sociopath, what that necessarily might be doing. Like, should celebrities, because technically he is, should celebrities without a like background in something like that, like psychology or that are used to be able to play the system of YouTube to get more views, is it safe or healthy to have those people start going and exposing people, so to speak? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I just, I find it interesting. A little concerned, but I'm just not sure. I mean, it's it's a weird one because mm -hmm. I think it's really good for people to be aware of mental illness and, you know, in treatment and information in general. But the way that it, this is being presented feels not like, oh, like, be aware of this. It feels it, it more feels like, like entertainment rather than this. fact. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm getting. Because, I mean, granted, there are some there are some moments where I'm like, this is great stuff. Because, like, this looks like it was well thought out. I got all the details. I can make my own discernment from this. This is great. And there are other times where it feels like it's being played up. Because, granted, it is YouTube, and Shane, mm -hmm. I mean, Shane, the first video has 20 million views on it. It makes me think of Making a Murder on Netflix. Exactly, and I actually mentioned Which, that, too. I mean, it's like every episode, it like goes back and forth, and it's like, oh, he's guilty, oh, he's innocent, oh, he's guilty, oh, he's innocent. And then, like, at the end, if you actually like look into it, there's a whole bunch of information that wasn't included Yeah. because it wasn't as entertaining. Right. So I feel like in something like this, you're probably not necessarily getting all of the facts. Some of what you're being told might not be true at all because it's not as entertaining to watch. Right. And a lot of the details he's also gotten, at least from this point right now, is, I mean, it's from news articles, from news stations, from multiple different varieties of whether it's like Huffington Post or other things like that. But he's, a lot of it's just from videos. Mm-hmm. So it's all the entertainment side. Like you can't, it's hard to take a video as a truth, mm -hmm. especially when you have such extreme acts being portrayed. For me, like, like the reason why I don't watch videos like that is not only is it not believable for me, like I'm just not into that kind of mm -hmm. thing. I don't spend my days looking up for pranks and stuff. Cause for me, I'm like, I don't want, I don't care about that shit. And a lot of the times it's, it's a persona. Like he could be, this could be a persona that he built and that he only has on camera. And there is a video where it shows like him, like changing his face and stuff when he's on the camera, when he's off. I find that human. I don't think that makes people a sociopath. Mm -hmm. I act differently in different social settings. 
I put on different faces, whether it's like at work or musical theater. Like there's mm-hmm. different kinds of ways that I change myself to fit that uh, venue, mm-hmm. to fit that group. And the part that's really concerning to me is not necessarily with Jake. It's more along the lines of if Shane does more of these docuseries, which he does, he's done with two other people, to my knowledge. One, how many other people are going to start trying to do these kind of things, which is fine. But it's more the second one, which is. What happens when you have people on the entertainment section trying to paint a picture of another individual? Do you get that truth? Or do you get. A entertaining truth. And that's what left me. That's what left me uh-huh. with the story is like, am I even getting anything at all? Period. Because now, like now, I'm like I have to be super skeptical. Because I mean, honestly, I don't really care about Jake Paul personally. I never watched any of his videos. I was more concerned with Shane Dawson because I like some of his content. But for me, I'm like, I don't know. It's like the idea of having someone come into a certain job having no background in it at all and using their current background to make that mm-hmm. job work. Like, I guess maybe a good example would be having a artist coming into an accounting firm mm-hmm. and, you know, and then having them try to change all their accounting to be more of an art concept. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're not going to get all the accounting pieces. Yeah. And I know that's not a great example, but that's kind of what I'm thinking, because if you want a documentary series, it it's supposed to be all about the truth, not hyperbolized. It needs to be the facts. And you can portray the facts in an entertaining way. But that's not what they're used to doing. Right. because That's not what gets them their views. So right. why are they going to And they look that? at analytics all the time to see what worked, what didn't. And mm-hmm. like he had a, the, his third video, he apologized about it, even inserted previous clips that he omitted. And for me, I'm like, well, did you do that because that is actually the case? And like, mm-hmm. you feel bad about it? Or is it because you know that you'll get sympathetic viewers to, to continue it. to watch it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, for me with entertainment, this is kind of, like, it even, like, leaves uh, Jake and Shane. It goes more into, should entertainers interview other people for the facts on their life? Because we have news networks. News networks are great with that. I don't know. It's it's weird because of how it's being It's very gray. It's, yeah, it's strange. So, I'm interested to see how this one ends, and... What the result is. Did he take the... Oh, he tried to. He doesn't understand how doors work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of what I want to talk about this week. I just thought it was important Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing. Uh, For those of you listening, I always encourage you to be super critical, like even of us, because... No, the be whole nice. goal, yeah, <laughs> the whole the whole goal of this, like for me personally, is not only to learn more, but I I want I want the facts. Mm-hmm. I want that truth. And if you are looking for that, you should be. <laughs> uh, Who's there? You should cat. you should definitely take that initiative to use that skeptic skepticism healthily, mm-hmm. rather than just to either constantly just be validating of them or disapprove. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about this week. So. Well, that's, that's interesting. I have not been following that at all. So. Yeah. All right, so Katie. Yes? What the fuck are you talking about this week? So I had history education. You sure did. 
and there's a whole lot of stuff that you can talk about. Oh boy. So naturally, I'm going to talk about electroshock therapy. Okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Something I know a little bit about, not because I've had it. <laughs> so uh, electroconvulsive therapy is a procedure that's done under general anesthesia in which small electric currents are passed through the brain, intentionally triggering a brief seizure. Seizure, not a seizure. <laughs> intentionally pizza, pizza. triggering a brief salad. Um, <laughs> I thought pizza, you thought salad. <laughs> well, my first thought was, we should just stab Caesar. <laughs> oh, no. A tu brute? Seizure. And I, I read some things where some doctors were referring to it. It's like, it's like, oh, I'm not working. I better turn myself off and back on again. Like, it's like a hard reset, basically. Okay. Um, so the this is a current form of treatment that often works when other treatment has been unsuccessful. So this is This still... is a current thing. Yes. Because, and, and I'm sure you'll dig into this, is electroconvulsive therapy different than electric shock therapy? No. It's the same? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, and so, well, there was, there was convulsive, con, uh, you know, I, I'm going out of order. Stop. Okay. Um, it's a lot safer today than it was early on and yes. for many years. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a stigma attached to it based on how it was administered, I guess. Um, right. Which I'll get into a little bit later. But so it used there used to be like really high doses of electricity that were administered without anesthesia, um, mm. and which could lead to like memory loss and fractured bones and other serious side effects. Um, memory loss is a side effect no matter what, um, which I will talk about a little bit later. Makes but sense. fractured bones because they're not under any any anesthesia, they're not relaxed. They're and with these high doses of electricity, they're having like just full blown convulsions when they have these seizures right. so like because everything's forcing your muscles to act uh -huh. all against each so, other so and of course your bones are gonna break um like long long head bones so it's like long head long neck it's like long head bone i don't know so it's like your your femurs yeah and like your hips and so like your these are really important these are really important bones yeah and femurs don't break those yeah uh <gasps> so uh ect was first performed in 1938 and is currently used kind of along the lines of, not necessarily like, oh, this is a last resort, but it's one of the last things that will be tried just because there are so many other forms of treatment for various mental illnesses. Okay. Um, it was originally thought to be a, they were like, oh, this will be great for people that have schizophrenia, but it actually is much more effective for people that have affect disorders. So, What's an affect disorder? Uh, it's like a mood disorder. Um, okay, so like depression, so like bipolar. severe depression, um, treatment resistant depression. Um, I wrote down there was a couple other things. Um, oh, there it is: uh, severe mania, catatonia, and aggression and agitation in people with dementia. Okay. Um, so it's it's not super effective for people with schizophrenia or other illnesses. Okay. But it's 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 been shown to be most successful for people with affect disorders. Um, it can be a good option when medication isn't something that can be done. Like it either isn't tolerated by the patient. Um, so like pregnant women, where they can't take medication because they have a fetus developing and it would harm the fetus, they can do ECT and it's not harmful to the fetus. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but also, like, older adults that can't handle side effects from medications. Um, there's some people that don't want to take medications. They would rather just do ECT. Um, and then, like, if they've previously had ECT and it's been successful, then, I mean, yeah, do it again. <laughs> okay. Um, but so, side effects of current ECT is confusion, which can last a few minutes to several hours afterwards, um, which, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Occasionally, or rarely, it can last several days or longer. Uh, memory loss of events right before, or sometimes weeks and months before. Um, memory problems ty- typically resolve within a couple of months once treatment is completed. Um, but there has, like, very rarely people will lose, like, previous years. Whoa. And that's, okay. that's called retrograde amnesia. Right. Because you have anterograde, which means that you can't remember the future. Mm-hmm. Like, your brain just resets. Like, I think... Was that the case with the guy that got the spike in his head? He couldn't remember the future? I know uh, there was one, there was one I think guy... Phineas Gage? Yes. Um, I think he did have... I think he had short-term memory problems. I can't remember. I'd have to look at that again. Sure. But... Well, I'm following you, though. Yeah. Um, people sometimes experience nausea, headache, jaw pain, or muscle ache right after a treatment. Which Makes sense. Which is also fair. Yeah. Um... This can be dangerous for people that have heart problems because this increases... Well, a pacemaker probably, too. Well, yeah, because, well, I mean, this increases your heart rate and it incre- increases your blood blood pressure. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there's just... But pretty much the general risks of it are just the same risks that you have for general anesthesia. Okay. Um, people can be given a mouth guard to protect against injury to their tongue or their teeth. Right. Um, which... Yeah, that sucks. Don't you? Yes, mouth guard. Um, so due to the anesthetic and the and the muscle relaxant, the patient remains re- relaxed and unaware of the seizure when it's initiated. And like the only outward sign that they're having a seizure is like a rhythmic movement of the foot if they happen to be wearing a blood pressure monitor or like a cuff on their ankle. Okay, so so when someone undergoes a seizure, you're saying, in this case, they don't know that they're actually having one. It Correct. just happens. And they're still awake while they're having the seizure. No. Okay. Um, one of the things... Oh, sorry, general anesthesia. So, historically, when it was done without anesthesia, they were like, well, we don't need this because the shocks automatically produce unconsciousness. So that's why... It was popular in the beginning because they were like, well, the memory loss means that they don't remember how unpleasant this was. Sure, but it could be that the, they don't the remember, shock, but their body can still be... The shock makes them unconscious. Yeah. So that's... But with the rela- the muscle relaxers and the anesthetic, they are relaxed, so they're not convulsing. They're not having, like, a full-blown convulsion like they would if they weren't relaxed. Okay. Uh, and most people notice improvements in their symptoms after about six treatments. Uh, but we don't know why. <laughs> Interesting. So, so we're we don't... doing a procedure that we don't know. We know it works, but we don't know why uh-huh. it works. We don't know why uh, ECT is helpful to treat things like severe depression and other mental illnesses. The theory is that it has to do with brain chemicals and uh, like some of them build up and that helps to release them. Um, but just kind of like with any other kinds of treatment, it's not like, oh, I had ECT for six weeks and now I'm cured forever. Okay. 
So it's a constant thing they'll have to keep undergoing? Probably. Um, not necessarily something they'd have to do super often. And it could be something that they do and then they can manage their symptoms with something else. Okay. Uh, but So agents that induce seizures have been used to treat psychiatric conditions since the 1600s. Dang, okay. In 1975, no, 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 no. In 1785, there we go. <laughs> the therapeutic use of seizure induction was documented in the London Medical Journal. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So they were using other methods. That was methods. after we were country for yeah. nine years. They were using other methods to induce seizures. In the second half of the 19th century, ECT was frequent in British asylums. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... See, ECT was invented in 1938 in Italy, and then it was brought to England in 1939, which was when it started to become prevalent in English asylums. Um, when it came, it replaced the preferred method of inducing seizures, seizures at the time, which was cardiazole, I believe is how it said. Um, so there was convulsion therapy, which was just inducing the seizures. And then the electro part is instead of using whatever drugs they were to induce these seizures, they're using the electric shock. Okay. So that's how you get electric convulsion therapy or electro convulsion therapy. All right. I lost my spot. Okay. So there was a decline in ECT in the 1950s to the 1970s. And this was mainly due to the negative depictions of ECT in the, the media so when you think of electroshock therapy, you have this image. I know, like, for me, what comes to mind immediately is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. And that one was, Ken Kesey wrote that based on his experiences when he was working as, like, a graveyard orderly for, uh, I think it was, gosh, what it was called. It was called Menlo something. Um, but it was a psychiatric institution. Mm-hmm. Um, other... Media references to shock therapy are Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar, a book called Family Life, uh, Requiem for a Dream, the TV show Constantine, the musical Next to Normal, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. The author of that underwent shock therapy, and he talks about it in his book. A show called Six Feet Under. Um, I'm sure there's more, because I feel like in the second season... I, I want to say that in the second season of American Horror Story, the uh, Asylum... I know which one you're talking about, yep. I thought that there was some there was. shock therapy. but There I, was I, definitely I, some shock therapy. I can't remember that. if it was shock therapy or if it was exposure therapy. And I'd say therapy with air quotes because it was... Mm. Was there interesting between shock and exposure? So, specific to the American Horror Story thing, so, like, shock therapy is where, like, you're being electric electrocuted um exposure therapy is like think clockwork orange that doesn't ring a bell okay so you're funny out about how unlike cultured i am here (laughs) clockwork orange they've got this guy who's really violent he's just like this this tldr uh read it it's really good um he's like your basic street thug and him and his gang they brutally assault a woman and okay. so they, they catch him, and they're like, oh, you're blah, 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 blah. Um, so their, their method to, I can't think of the word, re, rehabilitate. rehabilitate yep. Um, they have this device that 
keeps his eyes open. Yes. And they force him to watch videos of really, really awful, violent things. I'm pretty sure it was the sh- shock therapy. I'm pretty sure. Or the electro, uh, yeah, electric shock therapy. I'm fairly for, certain. For American Horror Story, I can't remember if it was shock therapy or if she forced the reporter to watch, um, like, heterosexual sex. Because the reporter That rings was, a bell, though, too, but I'm not sure if I'm confusing that with maybe a Criminal Minds episode. It, it could be. Uh, I don't remember. Um, but also, like, I know that in some of my classes when we talk about exposure therapy, it'd be like, this person is afraid of spiders. So we will start with, like, a picture of a spider on the far side of the room. Right, because you try to And then you it... move it closer, and then maybe you'll have, like, a video of a spider, and then maybe, like, a toy spider, and eventually you'll work up to, like, a real spider. Right, because the um, whole point of that one is to make it... What's... It's not less extreme. It's basically to make it more mundane. You know what sort I mean? Like of, to, yeah. to make it a lesser thing because yeah. it's less extreme because you see it more often. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you become more accepting of it. Mm-hmm. It's like propinquity. <laughs> um, where was I? So in the 1940s and the early 1950s, it was done in an unmodified form. So this is like when you think of electroshock therapy and you think of people wildly convulsing. And, you know, yeah, those were like, like that, right? yeah, so that was they were using high doses of electricity with no muscle relaxant, no anesthesia. <laughs> so they were electrocuting the more people better, I until hear. they were unconscious and then they couldn't remember. I mean, there's memory loss, so they didn't remember how it was. Um, there are there's like legislation about that now, and it's mm-hmm. not done in unmodified forms anymore. Gotcha. As far as I am aware that I found. Um, in the early years, the treatments would be given like two to three times a week, occasionally daily, which is not how it's done anymore at all. Um, I want to say I saw somewhere where it was like someone had it maybe once a week for like six weeks or six months or I can't remember. I should have written those numbers down, but I did not. Um Sounds like you've had electroshock therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Memory loss. Uh, um, but it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's one of those things where people are like, oh my gosh, that's so barbaric, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe we I still thought do it that. was outright gone. Because I remember it being a thing. I thought that that was no longer a practice because it was deemed unsafe or. That's because people think of, you know, people wildly. Fl- and well, and also, there's the. The theory, which theory is not the right word because I'm sure this absolutely happened, is that it was used as a way to manage problematic patients. Yeah, exactly. That that's kind of what I was thinking of. Which that's not how it works. Like that's not going to help anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of get that same thread of it being used to manage problematic people with um, like lobotomies, right? Um, Which can be really helpful for people. But people also, they're like, oh, no, that was terrible. We don't do that anymore. Uh, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting that... Um, oh, this is a question I actually had for you. Because since you're doing electroshock therapy, right, and you're basically forcing the whole, your whole nervous system to basically all activate at once, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why your muscles convulsing, right? Because it's telling your everything to move. Have uh, It sounds like everything's healthy still. But have they seen any signs of like myelin sheath like degradation or not that I read anywhere? Like, like 
having like ghost memory of things happening, you know, like phantom pain. It, not that I read anywhere. And the way that it's done currently uses low levels of electricity okay. to induce the seizure. Gotcha. And I'm the, like the, to go in for a, a se- like a treatment session takes maybe like an hour. Interesting. So I think it was like 15 to 20 minutes for the actual treatment. And then the rest of it was just recovery. Because, I mean, it takes, like, you have to wake up from your anesthesia and... Right, right. Deal with the confusion, which, I mean, that could be a couple minutes, it could be a couple hours. Yeah, no, that could be hard, too, especially, like, if if there is a side effect of... That's, in my in my mind, that's massive memory loss if you lost years. Mm-hmm. Like... And it did say that that was very rare. Right, and, I mean, sure, it can be very rare, but I'm thinking, like, I... Like, depending on how many years they... Like, do they ha- have, like... Do they have a case where, like, they've lost several years, like, up to, like, ten years? Do you know, like, um, when they've lost that much time? What, like, was there an extreme case? I didn't see case? anything specific like that. Um, I know that Ernest Hemingway committed suicide after receiving ECT. I don't necessarily know that it was related. Sure. Um, that, that's... I, I feel like that's a, that should definitely be a story for another day. <laughs> I'm curious about that. Um, because my thoughts are like for me, like people, we just like we just talked about people can change, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am nowhere even close to the person I was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. But if I lost like seven years worth of memory, like for all you know, the next person like waking up, totally different person, right? And so I'm not sure like, if it could be that significant. Maybe it's I'm not sure if it's like partial memories or literally like that whole time span is gone. I'm assuming it'd be partial because everything about your memories are compartmentalized based mm-hmm. on how your neurons are connected. So it's not like a a straight shot. It's always gonna be randomized because of how your how the uh, chemicals in your brain yeah. decide to route themselves. Which in, uh, about that I'm not sure because I didn't see anything where it was talking about people losing. Mm-hmm. It just said that very rarely it can happen where people <laughs> will lose a couple of years. But it said that like it comes back after treatment has been over for a while. Okay. So it's not just like so gone forever. It's, it's a temporary thing. Yeah. Unlike actual, I think, I still can't remember the person's name. I think he, uh, he was underneath the patient name number, the guy who mm-hmm. had permanent anterograde yeah. amnesia, where every day he'd always do the exact same thing. He'd always. It's like 50 he, first dates. Right. So. That's what that but means. temporary. Yeah. And then you find out that you've actually had 50 dates. Ah. Uh. Oh. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> I don't think I've... Oh, gosh. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, but, man, that's crazy. But, yeah, so it's... as Like, how it's administered today, it's very safe. I mean, obviously, if you can do it to pregnant women, it's it's safe. And they, Yeah, that also sort of What's weird me. to me is that they still don't know, like, well, we don't know why it works, but it works, so... Okay. Right? Like... I would, I would, I'm hoping that someone's doing further study and like, they're cute. Like they're so curious. Cause I mean, I'm curious mm-hmm. why, why is this working? Like I mean, the human thing, body is weird, man. It sure like, is. It sure. It's all sorts of weird. But I read a, there was a quote from a doctor that was, it was like, it's like turning the, the body off and on again. And when they wake up, they're less depressed than they were before. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like fully booting down and booting back up. Mm-hmm. But yes. from what I saw, it is primarily used to treat. Um, treatment resistant depression. Um, and again, like I mentioned, the severe mania and all that kind of stuff. It's like, but it's like scaring the hiccups out of you, but like, ah! 
Ah, oh, get the depression out. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so that was that was my segment. You know what I'm hoping for now, or like what I'm curious about, because I know you you've watched so much more Zach Bagans than I have. Oh God. Like, were, have there been like any episodes where he's been like they've like undergone therapy and like is this the ghost? Well, that's, of- I think that's another reason why it has that stigma is that. I mean, I don't doubt that those awful things were going on. Oh, for sure. Um, and especially since, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was based on Ken Kesey's actual experiences. But I like that it perpetuates that, oh, these people underwent these terrible things and they're haunting this place. And, uh... Yeah. Which I'm sure that that's happening in some places, but I also feel like sure. they, they specifically pick out asylums that have for that more reason, experimentary where there might not procedures. necessarily have been any of that going on, but just because it was, you know, an asylum or a sanitarium or yeah, something sure, like they that. They're like, have, oh, I can call it whatever, and we can use this to get people to watch it. They have a bad vibe. I mean, like, whenever I think asylum, I never think good things. Yeah, which is funny because asylum actually means, like, seeking safety. <laughs> right. So it's like going to church. Like Seek people, safety. people that come for like political asylum. Yeah. Like they're seeking safety. Like it's 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 weird. <laughs> yeah. Sure is. Well, that was crazy. That was a fun story. Yeah. Any anything that made you want to talk about that particularly? Uh, probably just the psychology major in me. Okay. Cuckoo. Well, yeah. That's. That was that's fun. electroconvulsion therapy, in Ooh. a nutshell. Yes. Visit your nearest doctor to see if you need to go. <laughs> Warning. And then, like, it's like a, those video ads. Oh, my gosh. How this is not for everyone. <laughs> I'm surprised, like, no one's made, like, a little skit about that. It's like, warning, this may induce. <laughs> so. Uh, cool. All right. Well, then. If that's everything. Shall we roll for next episode? We sure should. Okay. All right. Okay. What am I going to do today? What are you rolling with? Um, what is this? What is this? Oh, it's a Bescon die. It is it's called what? Bescon. What's that? It's the brand. Oh. Or the maker. I was thinking like a like a like a anime con or like no. a um, Comic Con. It is called I think it's called Deep Space. And it's Deep Space Con? <laughs> it's like blue and glittery, but allegedly it also glows in the dark. Allegedly. I haven't te- I haven't tested it. Okay. What'd you get? Can I have my notebook? You sure can. Let's do... With my list. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. It's really exciting over here. We rummage through the pages. Entertainment. Ah, entertainment. Yeah. Noise, noise. Okay, I think today I'm not rolling the cursed dice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was so nuts. Um, Let's do... Do a blue, a bluey. Go with. <laughs> that sounds a lot like a blowy. Let's do a blowy. Okay. Uh, what do I get? Two. True crime. True crime. Oh boy. <laughs> I think I actually have a list of stuff I wanted to talk about already because I've been making lists. That's what I'm I... doing too. <laughs> I have lists it's, everywhere. It's been getting very difficult to try and figure it out. I'm beginning to have lists of lists of lists. Hmm. List lists. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Come back next time to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye.
If you've got something to say, you can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. You can email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, that's our acronym, podcast. Our music is by Decker Hinckley and our artwork is by Kirby Morfitt. Doodly doo. Doodly boop bop boop. Bop boop bop beep. Bop 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 bop. Peter, you're not speaking Italian. <laughs> Man, there are some really dumb moments on that show. Yeah, there are. Like I just the one the dumbest one I can remember is the one from the episode where uh they go into the bathroom and then Peter's just farting and like it's like a weird farting musical in the stalls. Uh... I vaguely remember that. Ugh, so weird. Like, I, I, I think I was like 13 when I saw it, and I was like, that's fucking weird, guys. <laughs> what a weird thing. It's a make. weird show. It sure really is. is. Okay. Hmm. The nice thing is, is I can only hear out of one ear, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can kind of hear out of this ear, but... So you've covered the one you can hear out of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.